Hey folks, Dr. Kevin, and I'm just going to do a quick intro to uh, the intro for this episode. The reason I'm doing that is uh, my guest today is John Romanello, and uh, Roman is a, uh, you can essentially say it, he's like a world famous, one of the top fitness uh, experts in the world, has been widely published, is on all sorts of magazines, and was you know an advisor to Arnold Schwarzenegger's fitness council, etc., um, and he's got some great information, and, and what we're going to talk about in this particular episode was a concept I learned from something that he wrote about years ago uh, and that I've used and incorporated uh, when I am helping people. Um, and I met him a couple months ago and had a chance to talk to him about that, and he was gracious enough to come on the show. Now, the reason I'm having this intro, though, is Roman is very authentic, okay? He, he is who he is, which is one of the reasons I really like him. Um, but he does use some language that uh, we've not used on Straight Shot Health Talk before. So there is a little bit of profounded on here. Uh, some of the things that we've talked about, some people um, may be a little bit more sensitive to. Now, there's nothing like crazy in it. I mean, on, I don't, this is stuff, honestly, that my kids have heard. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily a big deal. But I know not everybody's like me, not everybody's like, uh, some of the people I know. So I just want to give you a warning up front that there may be some language in here. Um, that some of you may feel uncomfortable. And if that's the case, just you, you can either skip over it, uh, ignore it, or if it's really bad and you, you just get really upset when anybody says a word that um, is a four-letter word, and there's only not very many of them in this episode, um, then maybe just skip this one for now. Okay? Um, for the rest of you, this is it, it, it's a, it's a great, inform, great information in here, uh, really one of the most important concepts that um, has really touched me and I've used it and touched, you know, used it with other people who have gotten back to me on how important it was in their lives. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing your feedback on this. All right, guys, keep listening. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Straight Shot Health Talk. This is your host, Dr. Kevin. And today we have a surprise guest. His name is John Romanello, and he is an entrepreneur, angel investor, and New York Times bestselling author. He's also an advisor to nearly a dozen fitness and tech companies and has written for tons of publications covering topics going as far as insulin sensitivity to investment strategy. He's also been featured on dozens of publications in a number of TV shows. Uh, in addition, he loves the New York Jets, unicorns, sarcasm, and writing about himself in the third person. Um, but what I brought Roman on the show today to do is to talk about a concept known as failing small. Now, some of you who've been through some of my programs know that I've talked about this, this concept of failing small. But what I've never talked about before is where I essentially stole that idea from, and that was Roman. Um, and we're going to go into that a little bit more here. But Roman, could is there anything else that you'd like to tell the listeners? Um, no, I think you covered all of it. That's a that's a pretty pretty uh, exceptional summary of, of who I am and what I'm about. All right, so let's hear it from you. What is this concept of failing small? Sure. Um, well, well, in order to really understand what failing small is and um, why it's important, you know, it's it's important to create context. And the, the truth is. Most people um, have uh, an inability to fail small, which means they only have an understanding of how to fail big. And in the context of, of where I work, which is the health and fitness community, the nutrition community, this is how that looks. People tend to believe that once they have messed up, the only way to behave is to continue messing up. So in the context of dieting, you know, someone will be 
you know, their, their nutrition is going well, they're eating all the foods they should, maybe they're counting macros or doing whatever it is that they're supposed to be doing according to their dietary plan. And then as happens, for whatever reason, they step off plan. Maybe their will breaks, maybe there's, they're at a party, maybe they have a couple too many drinks and now their, their uh, discipline is compromised. But for whatever reason, once people break, once people have one french fry, they seem to believe that the only solution is to have all the french fries. And so, you know, it, it's this mindset of, okay, I screwed up and I'm just going to keep screwing up for the rest of the day because today's already shot to hell. I've already ruined today. So I'm going to keep screwing up today and then I'll start over fresh tomorrow. And then, you know, often what happens is they just keep screwing up the rest of that week and they tell themselves, all right, I'll just start fresh on Monday. And so this is why we call it the Monday mindset. And it's this idea that, you know, Monday, this fresh start, this clean slate, this tabula rasa is this carrot that we dangle before ourselves to keep us, you know, sort of compliant. Like, I'll start then. Then I'm going to be okay. If I can just get to Monday, then I'll, then everything will change. All my bad habits will change. And obviously that doesn't work. You know, there's a lot of great inspirational bullshit quotes floating around the internet like if you're tired of starting over and stop quitting well that's a that's a pretty cogent and salient concept you know if you just learn i'm not listen no one is ever going to tell you you're not allowed to screw up or make mistakes it happens on your diet it happens in life whatever but the ability to fail small is something like really really important. And what failing small means, it means making a mistake, taking immediate ownership of it and not allowing that mistake or the fact that you made it to continue influencing your behavior. Does that make sense? Oh, I, I think it makes perfect sense. And I think, you know, you know, as you touched on there, so important is to recognize it and to take ownership of it. I, you know, I, I, I just want people to hear that again, you know, recognize it and take ownership of it. Oh. Right. And, and that happens, man. Listen, sometimes you screw up in life and you just got to step back and be like, all right, well, that was not the right decision. But you don't have to like beat yourself up about it. You know, like a lot of people, particularly in nutrition, there's a lot of self-flagellation where now, you know, they're, they feel so crappy about the fact that they've screwed up their diet that they try to punish themselves. Mm -hmm. Their reaction to this small failure is a massive overreaction in terms of like being overly strict on their diet or, you know, like trying to eliminate all sorts of various things and just get to the point where, you know, they're, they're making themselves miserable to make up for it because they believe penance is, is the way to go. And I don't think that's necessary. You know, what I like to do is let's, let's put it in a different context, right? Let's take it away from dieting. Let's put it in like an, an actual life situation. One of my clients is a 20-year-old kid. Um, his name is Micah. Good dude. Um, you know, he's at college. Uh, you know, he goes to school in the East Coast. His girlfriend goes to school in the Midwest. And as happens with people in college, you know, he, he slipped up. He made a mistake. He was at a party, had a couple drinks. He was making, he wound up making out with his other girl. Not the best thing to do, right? That's a small failure. That's a mistake. You know, he did it. He needed to own up to it. What if Micah 
reacted to that situation the same way people do when they cheat on their diet. Yes. Yeah, and went over. What if Mike was just like, well, I've already made out with this girl. The only possible solution here is now I have to sleep with her for the rest of the semester. Uh. It's like, but then, then I'll start fresh on Monday. It's like, all right, well, listen, it's Thursday night. I'm at this party. I already made out with this girl. Today's shot to hell. I'm already a cheater. I may as well bang this girl for the rest of the weekend. But starting Monday morning, I'm going to be faithful again. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's. Very true. And other, you know, other examples of, of uh, you know, I use one where people cut their fingers. And if you slip up and cut your finger, you don't say, well, I guess I screwed up. I'm going to chop the rest of my finger off. Right. You, know, you just yeah. you, you just you recognize what it is. Like you said, take ownership of the situation and stop. Um, now, how can you use that? There's another concept. Do you are you familiar with uh, Carol Dweck and growth mindset, fixed mindset things? Carol Dweck being the yeah. okay. So um, another aspect of this that I think is really fascinating is is and you kind of touched on this already, but how people get so wrapped up in what the results are that they they uh, they reflect on them personally. So this person says, "Well, I'm going to adjust my diet, or I'm going to try to exercise." And then they screw up that one time and they really take it as instead of just having a systems failure or just a small slip up, they say, well, I'm not good enough. I obviously can't change my diet. I can't lose five pounds. Um, and, the, and this ability to use these small failures and not look at them at a way to as uh, your personal identity, but more as a way to kind of teach you, you know, situations that maybe you shouldn't get yourself into or say, oh, man, I screwed up in at this place. Maybe next time I'm going to have a plan in advance before I go in there. Um, any, any comments on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that like you know the entire journey of self discovery and self improvement is only effective if you're taking careful notes and seeing what actually works for you, right? So, if you're putting yourself in a situation that you know, like, mate, listen, if you're dieting and it's really hard, and every time you go to a restaurant you like screw up because you can't, you know, like, I know a lot of people they just can't go to a restaurant without ordering a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. I don't personally understand that. I'm, it's very easy to not order a glass of wine. I'm literally doing it right now. You know, <laughs> so are you like, you just don't, um, you, you just don't do it for me. That's, it's as simple as like, don't order the wine. Don't tempt yourself. But so for me, like if I ordered a glass of wine and it was set down in front of me, it would be very hard not to drink it. But for this person, it's very hard to walk into the restaurant and not order the glass of wine. They struggle with not ordering it the same way I struggle with not drinking it once it's in front of me or not eating cake once mm-hmm. it's in front of me, right? Yeah. So my trigger is if something is set in front of me, I'm going to fucking put it in my face. That's a trigger for me. Um, and, you know, like that goes with a lot of things. That goes with alcohol. That goes with food. Um, you know, when I was young and intemperate in my youth, it went with women. You know, if, you, if something is in front of me, it's a lot harder to resist. So, you know, the way that I, I manage that is not put myself in situations where those things are going to be set in front of me. In a restaurant, I just don't order those things. But for this person who can't go into a restaurant without ordering a glass of wine, well, you just don't go to restaurants then. That's how you mitigate that, you know, until you can work on that thing. So you need to become really aware of what your triggers are and the things that are going to set you off. And for a lot of people, it's social stuff. You know, it's like, well, I, you know, I, I'm fine not drinking until I get around a bunch of other people who are drinking or, or, or whatever. And so, you know, like learning, learning those things 
and adopting the correct mindset of, of, you know, like understanding why they're triggers for you and, and trying to avoid um, exposing yourself to them is a great temporary fix. But obviously learning how to overcome those triggers is equally important. Yeah. And uh, in, in there's obviously strategies to do that by building small successes in other places. But that, you know, that, that's a that's a great analogy there. I really, really like that because instead you're taking, you know, again, we described taking ownership of the failure. But instead of that of being a reflection on who you are as an individual, your core identity, you're using it as an opportunity to identify what the situation is and the context. And like you said, if you can't go to a restaurant, then you don't go to a restaurant. But you have to be able to first identify that there's a trigger there in the first place, which I think is kind of what you're saying when when we're when we're talking about taking ownership of the situation. Exactly. Yeah. Part of taking ownership is understanding how to avoid. You know, it's just like that's. You know, you accept that you have this weakness for whatever reason. Every time you walk in a restaurant, you order a glass of wine. So that's ownership. That's accepting. That's that's knowledge. So you know, like that that level of awareness is is massively important if you ever want to make any improvements to your health. Yeah, and the root there being that you have to take responsibility for it. <laughs> that uh, right. oh, so good, so good. Um, well, did you ever? I mean. You talked about things being put in front of you, but are there other issues? I mean, I got a. I mean, a lot of people may not be familiar with Roman here, but he has got. Um, if he's got one of those bodies that you just don't understand until you see him. I mean, the guy was a fitness model. Did you ever have any struggles in your past where with diet or anything like that, or did did uh, this stuff come to you more naturally uh, than some of us? Well, I'm, I was a chubby kid growing up, and so um, my, my exposure to fitness um, was, uh, you know, I find, like a lot of people, I, I hit bottom or had a moment of clarity or whatever else, you know, I just looked in the mirror and I didn't like what I saw and I decided to make a change. So whatever, whatever that internal switch for me was, once it was triggered, I happened to be a pretty uh, all or nothing person. Um, and so when I jumped into fitness, I ate massively clean i did everything you know right and i put i put that in quotes you know the word right because obviously there's no one right way to do things but also i was doing the things i thought i should be doing some of them were very wrong but and i made a lot of progress and then all of a sudden i built this great body but for me it was all about trial by fire like things were as hard as humanly possible um you know it was just like i would go to a restaurant and i would always no matter where i went no matter what restaurant i would order three grilled chicken breasts a pound of steamed broccoli and, uh, you know, or, or, um, you know, I would order a Caesar salad with two extra chicken breasts dressing on the side, you know, as like every time I went out and, um, but I was one of, I was for a long time, one of those people who had an inability to fail small cause I was eating clean all the time. And so my willpower was stretched to the breaking point all the time. And as soon as I was in a situation where, you know, if like somebody like ordered French fries, if I, if I allowed myself to have even one of them then that was it. Then I was off the rails and I would like, you know, crush the rest of their fries and I'd be like, well, fuck it. Today's over. Like I'm, I would order a burger. And so, you know, a lot of this stuff comes from my own experience. Um, and, and having to like get that under control because you can't live like that all the time. You know, it's, it's, it's not, uh, I don't want to say it's unhealthy, but for me it wasn't, it wasn't feasible to, you know, I, I lived like that for several years and I was always in great shape and, and it was awesome. But, you know, later on in life, when you, you know, are, are focusing on other things, I was building my business, I was getting involved in serious relationships and going on like actual dates. And, you know, or you just want to enjoy life a little bit more. Um, so, you know, but a lot of these insights came from having 
to um, having to face these demons and and try and overcome them and be in a place where you know now if I'm dieting and um, but you know I'm still, I'm still an all or nothing person. <laughs> You know, in a lot of ways, like it's a lot easier for me if I'm at it. Like if I decide that I'm going to go hardcore on a diet and I'm and alcohol will not be a part of that. Um, it's it's a lot easier for me to adhere to that rule if my thought process is I don't drink mm-hmm. versus I'm not drinking tonight. So if I go out to a restaurant and um, someone asks, like, do you want to drink? I'll just tell them flat out. It's like, actually, no, I gave up alcohol for 90 days. And um, for me, putting that out in the universe and saying that and stating that very clearly is a lot more effective as a mindset strategy than saying like, nah, I just, I don't, I'm not drinking tonight because I'm not drinking tonight is something that you can change your mind about. You can decide, okay, I'll have a drink, you know, it's like, or I'm not, you know, it's like I gave up sugar for Lent, you know, or what, you know, like, like people do during the Lenten season. If you just say, I'm not eating dessert tonight, or I'm trying to lose a little weight, those things aren't clearly defined. Yeah. And um, it's very easy to go back on your word and to let your willpower crack. But once you create these hard lines, these definitions, these time frames, it's much easier, I think, to, um, to hold on to it. Um, and so for me, if I'm dieting and I'm not having alcohol, I'll just say, I'm not drinking. I gave up alcohol for 90 days. And firstly, it creates a, a you know a very strict mindset for me that's easy to hang on to, but also it prevents anyone else from like trying to convince you to do it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. If you just say I'm not drinking tonight, people are just like, oh come on, man, have a drink with me. But if you say I gave up alcohol for 90 days, no one is gonna try and convince you to drink. So you know, I'm I'm very all or nothing in that regard. But in terms of lessons that I've learned, you know, a big thing for me was you know just trying not to have it in the house that kind of stuff. But this, this goes for everything. You know, don't, I just don't put myself in situations where I'm going to be uncomfortable. You know, like I'm not going to go into a candy store if I'm dieting at the same time, you know, like if I'm in a relationship, um, you know, I'm, I'm married now. Um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like go to places where like people are exist only to pick up other people. Like I don't go to singles bars with my friend. Like that's not, you know, it's like I go to wine bars with my wife, Um, (laughs) you know? And it's just like, not that I think that like if I'm left alone in a bar full of beautiful women, you know, all of a sudden like my marriage is going to crumble around me, but it's just like, you know, like why just, just it's, it's an uncomfortable situation. So I don't know how to behave. Mm -hmm. The only thing I know how to do in a bar like that is hit on women. So like, I'm going to remove myself from that situation. Um, That's similar to like alcoholics. You know, you don't go to a bar if you're an alcoholic or particularly if you're just starting to become sober. It's like do right. not put or, or or smoking is another good example. If you always have a cigarette after whatever activity, then you try not to do that activity or at least change the context of the situation. Right. Right. Exactly. So, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I can I can be just about anywhere and feel comfortable. But um you know, it's just like, I, I just, it, it's just not a, that situation's not fun for me. Like, what's the point of being there? You know, mm-hmm. like that's something like for me, you know, like if I'm not drinking, um, and a, a bunch of friends like want to go out to like, they want to go wine tasting, I can still go and have a good time and not drink the wine and just hang out and like eat cheese and, and, you know, enjoy it. But, um, there's going to come a point after which I'm going to be like, ugh, why am I even here? Mm-hmm. 
And um, so you just got to, you know, because I am I am a master of my own self-discipline and I can just avoid that. But there are a lot of people who when they give up wine, it's a big, big challenge for them. And if they go on a wine tasting trip with a bunch of people, there's no way that they're going to be able to walk away without drinking. And so they need to avoid that situation. And so you just need to figure out like where the lines are for you. Well, and, and I think you made a, a, a big point, though, is it's not necessarily that you have an unlimited because nobody has an unlimited amount of willpower. We know actually from a lot of research that willpower is limited. Is that you have recognized that in advance and you don't put yourself or you you put the 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 frame around that situation in such a way that you no longer have to worry about decision making or people persuading you in that situation. You've you're using sort of a rigid a rigid framework to free your brain from having to keep going back to thinking, oh, I'm not going to drink or I'm not going to hit on women or, or oh, I'm not going to eat the French fries. And, and you framed it in advance, which I think is a very powerful technique, right. clearly defining what it is that you're not going to do before right. you go to wherever it is that you're going to or avoiding it right. in the first place. And so that helps me avoid those small failures. Yes. Um, it's, it's, for me, um, tremendously helpful. Yeah. So that's the you're avoiding the small failures, but then as we talked about before, if they do occur, um, then you don't beat yourself up over. But now I have a, this is sort of a a different question here. Now, does your wife is she an all or nothing person or is she not an all or nothing person? No, Neg is super super into. So for those who don't know, um, I'm married to a, an amazing woman named Neg Arfanuni, uh, also a, a high level fitness professional. She's a you know, like a like a life coach type of or a health and wellness coach, and, and works with women all over the world. Neg Neg is not all or nothing. Neg preaches moderation. Like Neg is the kind of woman who can she can like like I don't I don't really enjoy drinking. I like being drunk. Mm-hmm. I like to get drunk. You know, which is why I drink bourbon. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like I don't. I mean, I like I, I can I like the taste of bourbon, but for the most part, like I don't want to have a glass of bourbon with a dinner. I want to have four glasses of bourbon and get a little, you know, and get, get rowdy. But Neg is just like, she's all into moderation. She just like, she can, Neg can have a piece of chocolate, you know? Yes. You know, she can have a piece of chocolate. She can have four chocolate covered almonds. There can be a bowl of chocolate covered (laughs) almonds in front of her. And she's like, Oh, I'm going to have four of these. And now I don't like the taste is that's all I wanted. If you put a bowl of chocolate covered almonds in front of me, they will not be touched. If I decide I'm not eating chocolate-covered almonds. But if I have one chocolate-covered almonds, the, the, the bowl is gone. The bowl will be gone in 10 minutes. I don't have that level of self-control. There's no moderation in me. So, But Negar, on the other hand, she like has a glass of wine with dinner or, you know, or, or sometimes, you know, she like – Neg loves wine. So she can have a bottle of wine over the course of a day and it doesn't affect her life. And, you know, she can have four chocolate-covered almonds. So she is very – very, very much into moderation. She's got a lot of uh, self-control in that way, but she's not good with self-denial. Like if Neg says, I'm not drinking at all, and she has to give up wine completely, it's a struggle for her. It's really hard. She'll like actively think about, I miss wine. I miss my glass of wine with dinner, whatever. Whereas if I give up bourbon, you know, I, I went, I went 97 days without, you know, I, if, actually, if you're interested in terms of like testing yourself, I, um, I decided in February that I was going to give up three uh, of three three tempting things for me. So I gave up alcohol, ice cream, and masturbation. For the goal was to go for a year and a day. Very storybook. Um, I get, I decided to go back on the alcohol after a while because I was just like, it got to a point where, in, where avoiding it was so easy that I figured the only reason I was avoiding it is because I said I was going to do it. 
and that no longer seemed like a good reason. Um, so I, you know, I made it like 94 days and I was like, eh, I'm tired of this. But in terms of the ice cream and the masturbation, it has now been, um, let me see. I'll find out exactly how many days since February 3rd. Um, okay. So today is, it has been 182 days. So just about half a year. I have not had ice cream. I have not masturbated. And those are, those are, you know, ice cream is my favorite dessert. It's like a trigger for me. Mm -hmm. And obviously masturbation has been a pretty big part of my life since I was 11 years old. Um, you know, so now you guys are, are learning a lot about me, but no, but I mean like that's a, that's a big thing for a man to give up. And like to like, I don't, it, it was a struggle at first, but now like, I don't even, I don't even miss it. It's fine. And it's like, whatever. But, um, but, and when I gave up bourbon, it, there was like two days or when I gave up alcohol rather, there was two days where I was like, man, I, I kind of think maybe I want to drink because it's the weekend. Mm -hmm. But then it went away. And so for me, once I make that decision, once I shut it out, like I'm just not doing that. It's very, very easy for me to just maintain that level of discipline. But it's very hard for me once I break that to, you know, control myself in terms of moderation. So that is where Neg and I differ. I don't struggle at all once I have made that decision, you know, like being very, having very clear cut lines, um, works for me. Um, but once I break, I'm broken. On the other hand, Neg can do moderation. And if she is in a situation of complete denial or abstinence, that is a struggle for her. So I, I'm going to uh, just ask you a question about that. So ice cream is a big trigger for you. If you had to pick a food or something, that's a big one for you. Yeah, yeah. It's like if there's ever going to be dessert, it's always ice cream, you know. Okay. So when you first started this then, knowing that you're, you know, your wife is a moderator, did you not have ice cream in the house? We almost never have ice cream in the house specifically because I don't have uh, a lot of self-control. Like if we buy a pint of Ben & Jerry's, I'm going to eat a pint of Ben & Jerry's. <laughs> so we, normally with our son, if he wants ice cream, we actually make it an event. We'll take him out for ice cream. Okay. Um, or if they're like, the only time I'll buy Ben and Jerry's is if I'm intending to eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's <laughs> and we're going to have a cheat day. But yeah, very, very rarely do we just like have ice cream in the house and like you look in the freezer and somehow it's still there. Like that, I don't understand people who have like three quarters of a pint of Ben and Jerry's left in their freezer. I'm like, how did you, how did you stop eating it? Um, but Ned could do that. She just, she doesn't love ice cream. She's not a, like a big sweets person. She likes very dark chocolate and you know things like that so like we we have very different uh tastes in terms of snacks and desserts which is good that, well, that uh, is good especially if you're a <laughs> abstainer and she's a moderator <laughs> so. right exactly because like I, I will you know if i open a bag of chips i'm finishing a bag of chips she opens a bag of chips pours like you know a handful in a bowl puts the bag away and then eats the bowl and then she's done and i'm like i don't even understand how that's a thing <laughs> I don't get that. Like you opened the bag. Aren't you worried to go bad? You better finish them right now. Um, oh, I'm, I'm laughing because you have no idea how often this happens in my house because I am without a doubt an all or nothing person like, like you. And my wife is like your wife. And we have gotten into strong um, discussions about this when I'm like, I'm like telling her you can't be making cookies. Like you can't make those cookies all the time. And she's like, well, I'm making them for me. I'm going to go, doesn't matter if you're making for me, you. They're sitting around the house. And, and she's like, yeah. well, just you don't have to eat them. I'm like, you don't understand. I do, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. If you, if, you did, if you tell yourself, I'm just not eating any of those cookies, uh -huh. you're probably fine. Yeah. But if you have, if you have one, one cookie, cookie, it's over. Yes. 
But I, I, on the on the other that, but I will just when you see it, I think there's when you see it there all the time though. Even when you have um, made that strong commitment, there is a drain. I think sometimes. Yeah, yeah, there is a drain on yeah. willpower. Like constantly, every if, if there's a like a freshly baked batch of cookies oh. sitting on the counter, and you have to like walk through the kitchen to get to the garage. You have to, you know, it's just like the way my the way my house is set up. Like you know, you you enter into the main room. And it actually attaches to the kitchen. We have this big open floor plan. So, like, if you're in the living room, you're sort of also like not far from the kitchen. And to get to the bathroom, you have to walk through the kitchen, you know. And to get to the garage where the gym is, you have to walk through the kitchen. So, unless I go hide upstairs where the bedrooms are and the TV room is, it's like the, the ghost cookies will always be in front of me. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's definitely yeah. It, it does. It is a drain on your resources to constantly have to tell yourself no. So it's much easier, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, yeah, no, and uh, and having a wife that, that will that will agree with you on that. My wife, God, I love her to death, but man, she's just like, she does not get it. She just is like, and she'll eat, just like you were saying, she'll, she'll have the one chocolate-covered almond. Yeah. Like, how do you do that? How? It's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, like, but but the thing, the great thing about Neg is that, you know, we have, we have a really good system, and so she... Definitely, um, I'm I'm really good with other people's boundaries and other people's food as long as it's clearly labeled. So, like, if you if you go out to a restaurant and you leave your leftovers in my refrigerator, I'm going to eat them. <laughs> but if you put a post-it on it that just says no, like you're saving that for later, uh, then I won't touch it, and it doesn't it doesn't stress my willpower. So, you know, Ned, when she gets chocolate covered almond, she buys like a little bag for her and a bigger bag for me, and so like I know what's mine and what's not. And you know, anytime we're like, if we decide, you know, we're eating a bag of chips, she'll pour the amount that she wants into the bowl, and she'll give me the rest of the bag. <laughs> you know, so we, we have a, we have a pretty good system set up, but you know, the, you know, these things don't happen that often because thankfully we are, um, you know, we eat really healthy and, and, um, you know, we're always, we cook most of our food, but it can, ha- it doesn't have to be chips. I use that because I think people can relate to it, mm-hmm. but you know, we get a farm box every week from a local farm and, uh, because it's summer, we, every week we've been getting a small round seedless watermelon. And so the watermelon, we get the farm box on Wednesdays. Uh, it comes Wednesday night at around midnight. And so Thursday morning when I go out to let the dogs out and, you know, get the paper, uh, there's a farm box. So I bring it in. And so Thursday morning, first thing I do is I cut up the watermelon. And, um, I, you know, if not for Neg, it would be like she takes her pieces, she, which, the amount that she wants, puts it in a Tupperware, and she saves it. And it's like that's hers and I'm not allowed to touch it. My watermelon is gone by Thursday afternoon. Her watermelon lasts until Sunday because she just has like one piece and she's good. I'm just like, I don't, I don't get that. So, you know, and if I need to stop eating watermelon, I just, they can't bring any more watermelon to the house or it all has to go in her Tupperware, you know? So like those are the, those are the ways that I've made it work that I've like sort of worked, worked it out within myself to, um, you know, figure out my triggers and, and how to avoid, uh, you know, setting them off. In any in any significant way, and I, I'm going to remind people on that too because the key with that is is Romans taking ownership of the situation and then figuring out a system to design around it. He's not saying oh, I just don't have I just I just can't do anything about it. He's you're taking ownership over it and designing designing your right. life around knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are, which I think is brilliant. Now, well, I, and you have to because like listen, liking watermelon doesn't make me a bad person. Liking <laughs> chocolate doesn't make me a bad person. And honestly, like. A lot of fitness professionals will tell you just like you just need to have more self control. It's like yeah, 
But that's exhausting. Like exerting self-control all the time is exhausting. I'd rather create a no-think system mm -hmm. where the self-control happens as a result of this framework where it's not it's not something that I have to apply effort to. Well, and, and, and the, I think what people forget about that, at least some fitness professionals, is when you're saying just use self-control, your self-control is being drained everywhere. You know, bad days at work, you know, altercations with if you're you know upset with your spouse or friends or you all of those outside stressful situations drain your self-control. So anybody who thinks that they can stay in control all the time or that anybody in this world is so full of self-control that they can they, that. They can they can just rule their lives by that. I think they're, they're deluding themselves in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, listen. I think some people probably ultimately have more a little more self control than others, but um, we all have a finite amount. You know, we all have a a certain number of points to allocate. And sure, some of us have more than others, but um, it's a big it, it's 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 really something that you can't um, you can't really convince yourself I mean if you're if you're at least a, a self-aware person you can't convince yourself that you can white knuckle it forever mm -hmm. you know that's just not it's not a an effective way to live life so we've we sort of kind of gone full circle here because we're talking about fail small and that's when those those moments of self-control do crumble and it's you know pop off a relief valve and recognizing that when you do have those small failures not to go whole hog into them now this um this what you're what you're talking about though makes me wonder about the concept of cheat days. And for listeners who don't know about this, there's many diets out there that say do X and you do X. And then they recognize that that can be um, either difficult or, or draining. And so they provide you a relief valve, which is known as a cheat day. Um, how, how do you relate this concept of a cheat day or how do you deal with the concept of cheat day in your own life and in knowing what you do about yourself and other people with your experience? Yeah, so cheat days are great because it's just a day where you're allowed to eat whatever you want. You can go off the rails, and the next day you just get back on. So for people like me, you know, I'm I, I like rules. I I'm I really like when things are strict. I like to count macros. I like to know how many calories I'm eating. I like to be very strict because having those really rigid boundaries frees my mind. I never have to think about anything um, because it's already been done for me. It's pre-thought out. And then, but one day a week, I get to have this cheat day where I can eat whatever I want and I enjoy it. So, like for me, I think that um, it's it's permission to go a little crazy. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that it prevents people from having those small failures because, like, it's a lot easier to say no to French fries today on Wednesday when we're recording this podcast. If you know that your cheat day is Saturday and you just got to make it through today, tomorrow, and Friday, mm -hmm. you know it's a lot easier. Um, or personally, I, I personally think everyone's cheat day should be on Sunday because that's when that's when football is on. <laughs> and uh, I just I, I have done extensive studies, and I know that football is more enjoyable when you uh, when you get to eat whatever you want while you're watching it. And I also know that. Foods like wings and burgers are more enjoyable when there's football. football. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think there are quite a few studies that say exactly that. Very so, um But, yeah, so the cheat day is like it, – it's not it's something that not everyone needs to do. I don't think it's essential to a diet. But, you know, uh, if, if, if everyone's interested in why cheat days work from a scientific perspective, I've written a lot about it on my site over at romanfitnesssystems.com. Um, but it, just from a purely psychological point of view, having that – that break 
is is of huge benefit to a lot of people. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and for everybody on there, I'll put a link to that post in the show notes as, lo- as well as a link to what we're start off talking about with the Monday mindset and failing small principles as well. Um, you know, I just was looking at the time here, Roman. I don't want to, I know you're extraordinarily busy. Um, is there anything else that, that you'd like to talk about or where can people find you other than RomanFitnessSystems.com or is that the best place? Uh, yeah, that's, that's the main hub. Um, but um, yeah, honestly, Facebook slash John Romanello, you know, Twitter at John Romanello, Instagram. Um, I don't, I'm everywhere. I'm on Snapchat. I don't understand <laughs> Snapchat yet. I'm working on figuring out Snapchat. I think it's really it, like the kids are using it. And now I am like really having to come to grips with the facts that I am no longer the kids. You know, when, when it's like, oh, what are the kids using these days? And I have to like sit and spend time figuring out what the hell it is. Now I'm old. Well, I, I think I must be older than you because I, I could never figure out Twitter. I felt like Twitter was this thing where people, there was a guy on one side of the room and a guy on the other side of the room and they were shouting back and forth. And every once in a while, a stranger in the middle would shout with them. And yeah. I just don't, I'm like, what is this Twitter thing? I just don't get it. But yeah, sort of. <laughs> Let me give you a piece of advice. Don't download Snapchat. Don't download Snapchat. No, I will not do that. It's really confusing. Snapchat. But anyway, yeah, so guys, just search my name, John Romanello or, or Roman Fitness Systems, and all sorts of stuff comes up. Lots of great information about uh, health, fitness, mindset, um, and uh, and a lot of great pictures of my dog. So, <laughs> And if they're really uh, digging around, though, you're going to find some fascinating stuff about Roman out there. Um, you know, having met him and talked with him, he's just got some great information. What I really like about you is your authenticity. Uh, but of course, the big thing that I just think is so awesome is that you are a role-playing game enthusiast, and you used to play Dungeons and Dragons, which That's I have never, true. never admitted on the show before. But that was my favorite role-playing game. Spent a lot of time when I was younger doing it, uh, and I just like seeing other people that have recognized that and yeah. embraced that no. side. So yeah, no, yeah, I actually, um, I don't know if I have. Mm. So I recently, um, starting in January, I've, I've been getting a tattoo, a sleeve tattoo. It goes from the top of my shoulder down to my wrist. And uh, I actually, one of the more recent additions to it was a 20-sided die uh, on my elbow. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, like the, it's real. The indie club is real. <laughs> no, that's, that is awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, I'm going to put links to all this in the show notes here. Um, I, if you do have problems with diet, fitness, exercise, uh, I, I, you know, go to RomanFitnessSystems.com. Um, you can check out some of the books that that Roman has written. Again, I uh, they may, but I, as I said, he's real authentic and he uh, he's authentic. And so, if you don't mesh with him, that's okay. Uh, but his information is fantastic. Uh, And until next time, guys, stay well. 